You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But the real headline from this finale of this three-game series as the Mets completed the sweep was the utter brilliance of Max Scherzer. Now, I know a few people, I don't know if I'm one of them, but I know a few people that dunned Max Scherzer. They said he's washed up, he's done, he stinks, he always has an excuse. After his four brilliant starts in a row, he has lowered his ERA to a very respectable 3.21. He has a record of 5-2. and two. The New York Mets have won. I think it's, how many starts has Max made now? I think he's made eight or nine starts. They have only lost twice. When Max Scherzer's taking the mound. And joining us right now, a guy that said he was done. My friend, Tommy Lugauer. Would you like to apologize to Max? I would not. Uh, listen, Evan, in life, in podcasting, in radio, sometimes you have to admit when you were wrong. And for now, I was wrong. I said he was cooked. I said he sucked. I said he was finished. I thought the whole sweat and rosin thing was Max admitting like, hey, I'm done. I don't have it anymore. The velocity was down. Bottom line is this, though. As I compliment him here, sort of, the Max Scherzer, his biggest starts as a Met have all been bad. Yes. All of them. Yes. Every single one of them. He has not answered the bell. So until he does that, he's on my S list. Has he turned it around? Yes. Was I wrong in the short term? Yes. It is a long season, Evan. He's not getting any younger. He's not Benjamin Button. So when we get to those dog days of August, those dog days of September, and where the Mets, and I think you and I both agree, they'll be in the mix because the National League sucks and your boy Rob Manfred allowed, you know, 50 teams to make the postseason. So the Mets are going to be involved. When Max gets the ball in those big spots, is he good? Is he bad? And if he's bad, Ev, does he make freaking excuses you know because that drives me that? nuts more sometimes no, than the bad performance i agree with you we can't fast forward to october and hopefully the mets will be there and right now despite all the struggles this season they are in a playoff spot and they're only you know four games out of the nl east which is crazy but here's what i bring up and i think you'd admit this because i i feel this way going into it the mets are going to play the toronto blue jays over the weekend they're then going to atlanta let's not forget that the mets are going back to the scene of the crime <laughs> to what really derailed their season a year ago. Starting with the Grom on Friday night, Scherzer on Saturday, yeah. Bassett on Sunday. Obviously, they still could have beat the Padres. We all get that. Scherzer could have still gone out and beat the Padres that night. But that series against Atlanta really turned everything around. The Mets go back there next week. Max Scherzer will pitch one of those games. If he can go out and pitch a damn good game in Atlanta, it does not make up for last year. Nothing will till the playoffs. We all know that. But if he could go out in Atlanta, first time the Mets are getting a crack back at that site, played him at City earlier this season, I wouldn't forgive him, but I'd feel really good. No, I think it would. I think it would solidify that Scherzer is not completely finished. 
That's what it would do. Like, it would sort of stamp it. Like, right now, he's crept back to where you're like, all right, I have somewhat confidence in Max Scherzer. But if he gets bombed in Atlanta, then all of a sudden, all the goodwill over the last couple starts, to me, is gone. Because yes. the road to anything, I agree Evan, with that. and the Mets are, let's. I'm just being real, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, are miles away from the Braves, both currently and in the future. They are. But they are the way to get to the World Series. We have to go through Atlanta. So if Max can't get it done against the Braves, particularly down at Atlanta, then all my confidence in him is back to being shot. Oh, no, no. I agree with that. I think that Max Scherzer's next start in Atlanta Mm -hmm. is one of – and here's how I'll phrase it because it's June, and I think we all acknowledge that. It's as important a June start as one could have. Yeah. That's how I'm going to phrase it. Yep. Because, look, at the end of the day – are we going to forget about June come October? Yeah, we forgot about June last year come October because our season ended early. Right. No one was thinking about all the great comebacks, you know, as the Mets are getting beat by San Diego and Atlanta. So he is definitely on the right track. It was necessary, though, today or Wednesday, whenever or Thursday, whenever you're listening or recording this after the game on Thursday. It was necessary because they need length. They got length. They had a short bullpen because no Robertson, no Ottavino. And after a rocky first inning, the guy kicked it in the high gear. No, he did. And he was great. And that is really encouraging. And it's a reminder that as down as we may get on Max, and we have, and as down as we may get on Verlander. Because, look, Verlander has another bad start. Going to be killing him. He's been a mixed bag. He's been some good, some bad. As much as we're going to get down on these guys, we have to remind ourselves. They're Hall of Famers for reasons. We can't necessarily count them out too early. No, they are Hall of Famers, but they are both very old, and that could rear its ugly head. This is what I would say, Ev. If we had done this podcast on, let's just say, Monday, we would have said the biggest look. I will put it this way. The most frustrating part of the Mets is the lineup, right? Not starting the baby Mets. Vientos, Beatty, Alvarez, rinse and repeat every single night. That is a frustrating thing. So I look at it like this, Ev. Either Buck Walter is clueless, or Billy Epler is telling Buck who to play, and he's clueless. Either way, one of them's clueless. Stop rolling out this stiff Vogelback. That is the most frustrating thing. The biggest issue for the Mets is the rotation. Not giving us any length. Senga, Carrasco, Max all did that. If, yeah. if they do that... And the manager and the organization figures out who to play every day and the right people, the Mets could start cooking here. The reason why the lineup is more frustrating than the pitching, even though the pitching is their biggest issue. Issue, yeah. There's no fix to the pitching. Yeah. The fix to the pitching is you got to go out there and be better. I remember on the last Rico we did after the Colorado series, they gave up 21 runs in two games. And I remember saying the same thing. There's no magic fix, okay? These guys need to be better. Kodai Senga needs to be better. Uh He was. Max Scherzer needs to give you seven innings. He did. Cookie needs to look like 22 Cookie. He did. The bullpen needs to be solid. It did. Like, there's no fix other than the boring statement of guys need to be better. I think with the lineup, and here's how I'll answer the Vogelback thing. I don't believe Billy Epler's telling Buck a damn thing. I don't buy that crap. Okay. I don't. Darren Ruff was gone. They gave a four freaking guys for Darren Ruff. He didn't even make the team. He admitted his wrongness with Darren Ruff. I think Buck Showalter, and I'm trying to figure out why, has a hard on for Mark Vantos. A bad hard on. Oh, he's in the doghouse. I don't think he likes him. Yeah, because that's the thing, Ev. I don't get it. I don't get it either. My thing is this. If the Mets didn't have a better option and Vogelback was the only option and they were playing him every day, fine. 
They have better options. This lineup has a potential to be very special, in my opinion. I agree. And they are denying us, the fans, and themselves the maximum potential well, of the lineup. Okay, so the, they have options like Vientos, and they're not playing him. What happened in the last two games against the Phillies, you're going to think I'm nuts for saying this, but I mean it, hurt Mauricio's chances of coming up. Yeah. Because yeah. Mauricio replaces Mark Hanna. That's what he does. Uh-huh. Jeff McNeil plays the outfield. Mauricio plays second base. If Mark Canna is going to get hot, and he certainly has against the Phillies, and start to be the solid player he is, that's all he is. No one's saying he's a star. If he's the solid player he is, it loses the kind of push for Mauricio to be but called But we up. know what Canna is. We don't, he's a good player. We don't know what Mauricio no, is. We don't know what Vientos. Why can't these guys learn on the job? Bro, the Braves have developed all-stars basically at every no, position. No. Okay, so let me so counter that, this. Oh, that I would agree. be my frustrating part of what's going on. I, I agree with you. When a guy is bad, like Daniel Vogelback, yeah. I'd rather see the unknown. There's no disagreement on Vientos over Vogelback or Mauricio over Vogelback if Mauricio is here. If a guy's good, like Eduardo Escobar is now being productive, right? Yes. He's being productive. Yeah, yeah, against lefties. Ma- yeah. yeah, even yeah. against righties. He's yeah, got yeah. a big hit as a lefty against a righty and by the righty in game one. I think Escobar throughout Inter- his career, his career has yes. been better than Vogelback Hanna. He's the best player of the three. I'm not about play the young guys. I'm about play the best guys. Right now, Vientos is a better option than Vogelback's or in lockstep. Yes. If Mark is going to produce and Eduardo Escobar is going to produce, there's going to come to a point where I'll, I don't mind the veterans playing. You got to produce. I just think the ceiling uh, is higher for a guy like Mauricio. We just don't know. As is the floor. And as is the floor. And you know what, Ev? When the baby Mets, as they're calling them, when they came up here, they lit a fire and a spark under this team. Now, I'm not saying one more guy puts him over the top, but it has, right? And Alvarez struggled early. Look, he looked, you know, like he looked mismatched early. And now look at him. Okay, So so give it time. If we assume Mauricio's not coming up, very soon. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up a, a very pressing issue. A very pressing and issue. And not everybody follows yes. minor leagues. He is like the best awesome. hitter in the minors he's right been, now. Not, been, not just the Mets. He, he has performed well <laughs> enough to be called up. But looking at the major league roster right I now, know. they don't want to make the move. Yeah. But here's the move they're going to have to make, and I have an answer. And you tell me if you're all right with this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. They have to activate Omar Narvaez soon. Yes. Okay, there are two options in my mind. One option is, thank you, Tomas Nito, for your time. And they trade him, or DFA him. I think he's got value. I think they could trade him. He's a good defensive catcher. He's good in the locker room. Yeah, he's done nothing offensively. Did have some good swings the other night. But I I still think Nito, you can get something for. Yeah. So one option is simple. Nito's gone. Narvaez replaces him. Alvarez is still the everyday catcher. But Narvaez is a damn good second option. Option number one. 
You could take that option. I like that option. Option number two. Yes. Vogelback's gone. I like that his option replacement, better. <laughs> his replacement is Omar Narvaez. And the way this works hmm. is you're going to get what you want. And what I mean by that is you were one of the voices, one of the many voices that I kindly disagreed with the other day when Alvarez didn't play. I get why a catcher doesn't play day game after night game. JT Realmuto didn't play a day game after night game. Uh, Guys don't do it. And don't tell me his age. You're okay. still bending you knew, over. You knew I was going to counter with that. One's 21, the other's like 32. Doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It's the catching position. No, no Evan, it does matter. Yeah, but hold on. I have a solution. Okay. The solution to this is when you become a good enough offensive catcher where you don't play every game, Tyler Stevenson in Cincinnati, though he's having a bad year, he DHs. I agree. If you carry a third catcher... He has now become in the mix as your designated Yeah, hitter. and that was the thing that was Done. most frustrating with last night was that, okay, you didn't want to DH Vientos, you didn't DH Alvarez, and then you DH Vogelback. I agree. It was the worst of the three options. You had three so that options. Was the, you had three options, Buck, and you decided to go with the worst one. So, Ev, to your point, if I you want to do that and you want to DH Alvarez, I don't care how he's in the lineup. He just needs to be there. That's it. No, no, I'm with you on yeah. that. So that, you, I like that solution. If you go three catchers, it opens up a lot of fun avenues, in my opinion. Narvaez is a decent hitter. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's a good catcher. He is a major league player. I think all of a sudden you want to catch Narvaez a little bit more. Not more than Alvarez, but a little bit more. Fine. I think Alvarez now has more ways to DH. I've always been nervous about DHing Alvarez because let me walk you through why that would have been an issue the other night. Why Vientos would have been my option over Alvarez DHing. So you're behind in the game. And Tomas Nito's up. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. You're in a bad spot. Are there. you pinch hitting for him? You are because you want to win, yeah, right? Yeah, you gotta, gotta get a guy up there. Yeah. Now what? Now Alvarez, your DH has to come in and catch. Right. You've now lost the DH spot. Yep. It's strategically not a good move. Yep. So look at Cincinnati. Tyler Stevenson DHs a lot. They have a third catcher. So I think it opens up the avenue to DHing him a little bit more. And right now, I think that'd be my vote. Yeah. Because I'm not in love with just getting rid of Tomas Nito, and I like the idea of DHing Alvarez. But you can't do it without a third catch. You know, it's funny, and we live in a world now where this isn't the case. It used to be more prevalent. But, like, having a great offensive catcher is almost a detriment sometimes because of situations like that. Like, you obviously want that, but then you get put in these situations. And the solution that you brought up here is to have three catchers. Look, getting Vogel back off the team, to me, and I think I speak for all Met fans except for your producer Pete Hoffman, who's trying to get him in the freaking All Star game or whatever, you know that's a no. He hates Vogelback. That, I don't, don't know if that's a wacky <laughs> zany radio bit, but he's that's trying to get he's trying to send this guy to Seattle <laughs> every every five minutes. He's tweeting about it. But no, three catchers, Alvarez in the lineup with the ability and flexibility to DH and catch. To me, is where we need to be. And they're gonna have to make that decision soon. And I, I'm curious what they're gonna do. I'm curious what they're gonna do. One other thing about Alvarez, where he bats in the order. That's another thing that doesn't get me nuts. Me neither. It's just. As long as you're in the lineup, like there are certain The argument is high in the order, so he gets more at-bats, you know, up in the order. And my counter to that is I like having a competent ninth-place hitter so that if he gets on base, I got Nimmo, Lindor, McNeil coming up with guys on base. Well, my argument to that is play all the young guys who have a better, deeper lineup, and you wouldn't have to worry about that. Well, (laughs) sure. Right? That's the whole point with this. I I just— I don't think there's a huge difference between saying how come Alvarez isn't hitting seventh as compared to ninth. I agree with you. Ideally, and I love what this kid has done, when everybody's healthy, he should not be batting second. I'm sorry. Like, he's not, he hasn't done enough yet. Like, you've got Nimmo, you've got Lindor, you've got McNeil, you've got Alonzo, even Marte showing a pulse. Like, I don't know. On certain days, you want to hit Alvarez second like Buck did. Okay. 
But on an every, everyday basis, I'd rather him hit towards the bottom of the order. Now, he keeps hitting. Things can change. Yeah. As yeah. of right now, things are going well. It doesn't bother me when I see him batting ninth. Like, when I see that lineup, I don't get disgusted. A lot of Met fans do. I think we just got to take a deep breath and remember that he's playing. That's it. He's going to play. And I've always viewed batting ninth as something where I don't want to put an easy out there. When the pitcher used to hit, remember back in the day? Mm-hmm. I wanted my pitcher hitting eighth. Well, Tony LaRusa did it all the time with the he Cardinals. He right. And I think it was more because McGuire, right? They wanted more guys on. Yeah. I think that was the crux of starting it. Okay. Yeah. That's the reason. Now, yeah. think about what you just said. Okay. Tony LaRusa wanted more guys on base for his best hitter. Yeah. yeah, right, right. What a concept. What, Bold what? strategy, Cotton. Yeah. Why does that matter if it's Mark McGuire <laughs> right. or Mike Piazza? Fair enough. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. He was right. Yeah, he was right. Now, we're past that, Yep. but I still think we live in a world where I want a, I don't say a great hitter, because you're right, I still want him more towards the top of the order to get more at-bats, mm-hmm. but I want a guy who can get on base batting ninth. And Alvarez can rip a double. Yeah, absolutely. And that puts Nimmo in a good spot. So coming up this weekend, they play the Toronto Blue Jays. Here's what's been announced. Justin Verlander against Chris Bassett. That'll be fun. Bassett's had a very good year. He's for had the Blue a Jays. very, very good year. You no start to think it. if he just couldn't handle New York. Some of the comments he made at no. the end of the year to me were so tone deaf. I, I agree, but in fairness to Bassett, he had a really good year last year. Yeah, he was their most well, consistent. He was, and then pitcher. and like everyone else, failed at the end of the year. Everyone it was else. awful. Everyone was bad. other than Degrom, other than Jake, other than Jake. Right. So Bassett is what he is. Remember, Bassett was replaced with Kodai Senga. Mm-hmm. I am still, maybe I'm just a Senga lover. I still believe in this guy. I think he has shown so many positive signs that even before his brilliance on Tuesday, I, I'm excited about Kodai. My thing I don't with, regret that move yeah, at all. My thing with Senga that worries me is that you feel like a guy in baseball right now where none of these hitters have faced him, you would think he would have the advantage early, and he hasn't. So that worries me a little bit, right? You would think he would take the, the league by storm. He did against the Phillies the other night. Uh, no, he was great the other night. Did against I'm, the Rays. I agree. Yeah, he's been up and down. And why they don't – that's another mystery why the guy doesn't pitch, you know, every five days or four right. days. But so I agree with you, Ev. I think he will eventually blossom. But that worries me a little bit that he hasn't been more dominant early. Yeah, I, I think you got to kind of look through it. There is an adjustment that he's making, mm-hmm. a pitch clock adjustment a language adjustment, a baseball adjustment. And I think he's shown enough positive signs where I still look at the Senga-Bassett decision and I feel good about it. Not a knock on Bassett. I just, I still think Senga's got the higher potential. Uh, McGill against Barrios on Saturday and then Kikuchi against, I hope, Senga on Sunday. I know Senga wants to pitch on regular rest. I think now's the time to just do it, especially because it's at home. Like, think about it. If you push him back, if you're the Mets, think about where his next start would be. In Atlanta against the Braves. He has struggled on the road. Mm-hmm. There's been huge splits home road. Like, why would you want that? Wouldn't you rather his first foray, if you will, foray, foray, whatever it is, on regular rest be in an environment where he's been really good, City Field? Absolutely. He should absolutely pitch Sunday. And and listen, at some point here, they're going to have to take the, uh, you know, they're going to have to pitch this guy on regular rest. Like, when we get down to the end yeah. of the year, you're going to need him out there. So, they're babying him for whatever reason, whether it's the reports that his medicals are bad. I don't think that's been proven I don't by think anybody. That's it. But there are stories about that. But there's something, and they haven't told us why. I and think I, I don't think it's anything conspiratorial. Okay. I think it's th- all those adjustments I just mentioned. Okay. And there's a lot of it. Yeah. I think they really want to take it easy on the regular rest. Fair enough. So it's going to – I think it'll happen Sunday. I'm hopeful it'll happen Sunday. Uh, for whatever reason, I can't tell you the answer, but my oldest son Jet's favorite player is Kodai Senga, and he's <laughs> consistent about it. I think it was because Jake left, and it was almost 
Oh, Ghost Fort. Yeah, I thought the ghost. Great. Yeah, the ghost was why I thought that. That'll win me over, (laughs) and he'll be at the game Sunday. So hopefully Kodai is on the mound. But great three days against the Phillies. The Mets are in a playoff spot. They're within striking distance of Atlanta. A big series against the Blue Jays. It's a good time for now to be a Met fan. Maybe the next time we do a Rico, everyone will be pissed off. I'm going to try to throw in a bonus Rico before this series against the Blue Jays is done. A uh, couple of topics I want to get to. Number one, the Mets Hall of Fame, but also number two, because I've said this to Pete a lot. Pete always likes to bring up they should have done this during the offseason. They should have done that. There will be an episode within the next week, maybe this weekend. I haven't decided. i got to see how much time I have to go through all the shoulda moves and see, would they really be better off? Would they re- Trey Turner, would they really be better off? Yeah. Carlos Correa, would they really be better off? So we'll address it coming up, and we'll read some of your emails. You can email the pod, B at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Lugie for stepping in. We no, appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.